Welcome to SportsCars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. SportsCar time. How you doing, everybody? Chet Kopic along with ESPN legal guru Lester Munson. Lots on the uh, table today. Sports Court, of course, brought you away by the marvelous people at John Coyne's American Taxi. American Taxi is the premier Chicago suburban taxi service. When you want quality, comfort, courtesy, and reliability at the fair price, there's only one way to go, and that is with American Taxi. Uh, Lester, we should talk about football right off the top, but I would like to get uh, your thoughts on uh, uh, a different uh, subject regarding a former auto dealer up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, when you hear that uh, baseball commissioner Bud Selig earns $18.5 million a year, and I love Bud Selig. I think the world of uh, Alan Bud Selig, but is he worth $18.5 million? <laughs> <laughs> Is anybody worth $18.5 million? If you told me that some guy had left the White House and gone to Goldman Sachs, and was making $18 million, I would feel bad about it. I would resent that deep within me. But, as you said, Bud Selig is such a nice guy. He calls you back in less than 15 minutes. Absolutely. How does he do this? As far as I'm concerned, he can have the $18 million. It's not going to bother me. He would have made a third of that selling cars if he had stayed in the car business. So it doesn't bother me. Some other commissioner... If they're making that kind of money, yes, it would bother me. But Selig is such a good guy. He's done a great things for baseball. I, I'm all for him. Uh, that being said, the commissioner, in my opinion, who right now obviously is on the spot, given the fact that uh, Roger Goodell is set for early retirement, given the fact that he's <laughs> negotiated the uh, 10-year uh, CBA with the players, how rough is the terrain going to get for NBA commissioner David Stern as regards the players in a lockout that I believe will chew at least 30 games off the NBA schedule? I think the NBA lockout uh, is going to affect the schedule. I don't have any doubt about it. Um, they are far, far apart. We do not have the decertification and the litigation. I think it would be the same lawyers who did it for the National Football League players, mm-hmm. but they are holding back on that. Uh, I'm not sure why the, the litigation did not go as well as expected in the National Football League, but there is a wide gulf between the owners and the players and I think because of the NFL lockout, because the NFL is such a colossus in the industry, we haven't really paid attention to the NBA. But when you look hard at it, yes, it's going to be a serious problem. When you hear talk of uh, Kobe Bryant taking his act over to uh, Turkey, for example, are you buying or is that just uh, rhetoric uh, emanating from the uh, NBA Players Association office with their... Uh, uh, one of their premier ball players to uh, uh, stir the pot, if you will. I think it's a little bit of each. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Bryant could go to Turkey or Australia or Europe and play basketball, stay in decent shape, and make some very good money. We saw this during the National Hockey League lockout mm-hmm. when Yaramir Yager and other stars went and played in Russia. P- Forsberg played in Scandinavia. The the player's answer to this lockout is not litigation. It's going to play somewhere else. And I think we're going to see some of that. It did not work 
for the players in the NHL. They still lost the entire season, but at least they were doing something. Uh, this does put me in the appropriate mode, though. Uh, long-time, long-suffering Cub fan, Lester Munson. When you hear uh, uh, freshman manager Mike Quaddy up at uh, Miller Park in Milwaukee say, uh, we can still contend. We can get back in this race if we have a good road trip. I didn't. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, but my first reaction was, get the doctor and change his meds. <laughs> the poor guy. Uh, is he looking at the standings? Is he paying attention? There are 19 or 20 games under 500. He was talking about a 10-game winning streak, putting him back in contention. It wouldn't even put him into fourth place. <laughs> it's, it is it is the poor guy. Here's a guy, the most likable guy. He's from Chicago. He came up the hard way. He has this charming way about him, and he now has to say last night, he realizes that he's gone a little bit off course in his remarks, and he has to try to persuade us, as he said, I am not a lunatic. Well, the burden's on Mike here now to try to show that he has any connection to the reality of baseball. I think he's going to be here for the rest of the season, and then I'm afraid that's going to be it for him, and we'll see uh, what the Cubs do, but there's going to have to be major radical surgery. Yeah, but I mean, let's get down to the bottom line. It's got to be awfully heartwarming if you're a Cubs owner, Tom Ricketts, to hear your manager 100 games into the year say, I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> I am not a lunatic. <laughs> and also beat Notre Dame. <laughs> right. And if we win 22 games in a row, we could be in third place. Okay, great. Nice work, Mike. All right. Uh, let's get down and dirty with the National Football League. Uh, couldn't this deal, which is finally done, in time to bail out everything, save the Hall of Fame game uh, with the Bears and Rams that nobody really cares about to begin with, as is the case with so many labor deals. Couldn't this have been done in February? I think yes is the answer to that question. It could have been done in February. It could have been done in early March. The, the, the whole thing started out with the owner saying, we have to have $1 billion back. Otherwise, we're not going to have football. And we now know that on March 11th, the final day of the agreement, Goodell and the owners walked into that room and they said, okay, it's not a billion. We're going to give you $500 million of that right now. It's on the table. If the players had stayed and talked about that offer for even three or four days, they would have been very close to an agreement. The agreement that we now see could easily have been done in my opinion, by March 15th or 16th, given the fact that the owners made a radical change in their strategy on the final day of the old agreement. Is the power structure of this league now in the hands of Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft? I would I would add to that Jerry Richardson. It, it, those what three, about the Rooney family? I think the Rooney family has been pretty much out of this, out of this one. Dan Rooney, as we know, is the ambassador to Ireland. He couldn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, in the last agreement, almost 20 years ago, Dan Rooney was the key to the whole thing. Right. No question about it. And and frequently, as they were refusing to agree to things, I kept thinking we should bring Dan Rooney back. But now, with Goodell, Richardson, Kraft, and I suppose Jerry Jones, it looks like those would be the guys in charge. The Kraft presence is very significant. Even as his wife lay dying, he was involved on a daily, hourly basis. His son, Jonathan, oddly enough, who had never really impressed anybody, now walks away from this as something of a powerhouse in the National Football League. Lester, as you know, who is happiest about uh, the brand-new collective bargaining agreement 
Very simple. The great state of Nevada, bookies from coast to coast, and degenerate gamblers. (laughs) (coughs) There's no question about it. Uh, We all know that the NFL is the single biggest source of sports gambling. Uh, People will be betting huge sums of money on preseason games. I have never understood that one. Uh, They would have been betting the Hall of Fame game, like a workout. It's like a scrimmage. Why don't you go to a high school scrimmage and bet New Trier against Loyola Academy? I mean, it it makes just about as much sense. And the... But yes, the the bookies, the the sports books in Nevada, the offshore sports books are going to be the happiest about this. I I would say also the players, most of them, the the ones that we at ESPN were able to talk to, which seemed to be a large number of place kickers for some reason. That's almost like a football player. They seem to be relieved and happy that this has now become an agreement. I think that the union people are happy. I think the league people are happy. You hate to use this phrase as a journalist, both sides won. I think we in journalism prefer losers that we can oh, kick definitely. around. Oh, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. But here, it, here, both sides got what they needed. It's a good deal. It's going to last for 10 years. Roger Goodell now basically has nothing to do, as you pointed out to, to me earlier. All he has to do now is go to the Super Bowl each year and shake hands. And uh, go to the Hamptons via helicopter on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Say hello to his friends. You know, it, it, it just amazes me and i understand why they have to do it but the national football league is you know always so vehemently opposed to uh to gambling uh in in any shape or form when lester what made this league for heaven's sakes television and gambling if people if people didn't bet on pro football television numbers would drop 40 percent who watches the second game of a Sunday doubleheader with the San Diego Chargers and the Seattle Seahawks uh, in November when both teams are out of the race, unless you're betting the game? That's the only reason to watch it, and that does account for a large chunk of the audience. There's no question about it. When you go back to the early days of the league, gambling was huge among all the owners. The Rooney family uh, right. was involved in sports bookmaking from the very beginning, thoroughbred racing. They've managed to work their way, quote-unquote, up now to be an ambassador. The grandson is now a member of the United States House of Representatives. I mean, the Rooneys have gone totally respectable here. It's kind of amazing. But, no, the gambling is a big factor, and it always will be. He is the best. ESPN legal expert Lester Munson. I'm Chad Kopic. We thank you for joining us here on Sports Court. Sports Court, have brought, Sports Court, of course, brought your way by our great friend John Coyne and the wonderful people at American Taxi. And don't forget, you people in the uh, Chicagoland suburbs, you just will not get better taxi service than you will with American Taxi. Again, comfort, fair pricing, reliability, courtesy, American is the way to go. Take care. We'll catch you next time around. So long, everybody.